going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, gentle listener, and welcome to Distractable, a Wood Elf production, with your hosts, Winning Wade, Masterful Mark, and Based Bob. This week, the Trinal Tribe dissertate about matters that in your would lead to a gauntlet slapping across the face, or in more common parlance, a duel. Yes, it's how dare you. Please prepare thy brace of pistols and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Distractable, the show where we talk about pretty much whatever we want to talk about in whatever way we want to talk about. I am your host for this week, the winner of the last week's podcast. My name is Mark, also known as Markiplier, and I'm joined by my good friends, my trusted colleagues, my conspirators, Bob and Wade. Hello. Hello. Heyo. Bob and Wade will be presenting stories or personal stories or things they find on the internet that interest me pertaining to the subject of the week. And I will judge their stories therein and assign points depending on the worthiness of such content therein and the discussions that they entail. Yada yada, yada yada, yada yada yada. I love the way you speak. Cool, 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 yeah. Neat. Thank you. It doesn't matter what I say so long as I say it so whimsically and lyrically. Everyone at home isn't really paying attention. They're just vacuuming or driving or hoping that this will get them through their mundane lives just one step closer towards their delicious bed. Delicious kill. <laughs> I messed up. Their delightful bed. No, dude, that was legit. I would have just leaned into delicious. <laughs> their delicious beds. Their delicious succulent bed. Chew on those sheets. Dude, my tender, juicy, well-seasoned bed. I yeah, love it. Nothing like it. Anyway, how are you guys doing? I'm pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah. I can't complain. It's summer. Good. Nice. Get to go swimming and stuff. It's always good. Yeah. Anything new? Nothing new? It's been really hot in the Bay Area. Uh, oh, last, yeah. Last summer true. was not like incredibly hot, but it was smoky and fiery. So it's a different kind of unpleasant. Oh, uh, yeah. But it's been like around 100, probably three or four weeks out of the summer so far, which is just real hot. It's so yes, hot. Same here in Austin where I'm right now. I forgot that last year is when the apocalyptic pictures of like the super red sky was right in your backyard. That shit was real. We lived in a different house. We lived in a rental and not the 10 minutes away from where we are now, but it was a house that had a two-story entry and there were windows all in the second story of the entryway. And when you walked out of the bedroom upstairs, you walked out and could see out the window 
And in the bedroom with the blinds closed, you didn't really notice, but that morning I opened the door yeah. and it was like a movie. And the <laughs> orange glow flooded the bedroom. The whole entryway, which was all just painted white, is a rental, right? So it's all white walls, beige carpet. Everything just glowed this horrific, like ominous orange. It's terrifying. Yeah. I would take what I have now over that. The smoke was unbearable. Like my eyes burned inside the house that last summer with all the smoke and how crazy it was. <laughs> but hot's only a little better. Our AC is like not keeping up. We got set on like 72, 73, and it's like 76. And the thermostat's like, I'm going, man. <laughs> we'll get you to your 73 degrees in like, in like at least 20 hours, maybe 24 for tomorrow yeah. i don't know and it's like god damn it's too hot uh, i wear slippers in my office because it's so cold down here in the basement oh, and we go oh, upstairs oh. to the bedroom and we have like two or three standing fans and a ceiling fan because of the ac also just our bed our master bedroom is the one room like the ac does not do a good enough job in so i have like an icy hot thing where it's like all right go to bed oh god it's hot going down the stairs like oh god i'm freezing a really weird back and forth, but it's nice to have a place that can go to warm up and a place that can go to cool down, I guess. Yeah. Must be nice. nice. Must be nice. Must be nice, huh? Back in lovely old Cincinnati, where I guess we never should have left. No, you shouldn't. Is that how it is? Still come home. Still come home. Uh, yeah, no, we can't. We can't. We've been exiled. You could buy Cincinnati for the cost of like an apartment in <laughs> California. <laughs> Hey, don't belittle Cincinnati. Yeah, like buy the whole city. Come home. Low Jeez. opinion of your Jeez, beloved hometown. It's just cheap living, and yeah. I like it. It's not that cheap. It's just not obscenely expensive like California is. Okay, it's reasonable living. Come back. No. Okay. I'll consider it. I'll consider it after we get through this we discussion. Go through Maybe this every year. <laughs> what if everyone listens to this podcast and it becomes so successful that it defines all of our lives? It's the main thing that we have going. Yeah. We all have to move to Cincinnati and live in a big house together so we can make live in person podcasts, right? Never mind. Stay We're there. Podcast house. Pod house. Pod house. No. Peen house. No. Stay. Peen house. Stay there. Stay in California. I'm fine. Peen house. No. Peen house. No. Peen house. Peen house. Peen house. Peen house. Please. All right. That's that's five points for peen house, Bob. That's a good idea. Hell yeah. Thank God he can have them. I don't want the peen points. Wade, if you win, I will move back to Cincinnati and we will start peen house. I, is that motivation to win or to lose? You take it for whatever you want it to be. You bother Mark and to a lesser extent me constantly about moving back to Ohio. This is your chance. This is your chance. Don't you want to have a friend in your state? I have no other friends in my state. Clearly, oh, that's what I just implied with no confusion about that statement. What, what happened to them? Just lonely Wade in his basement, his cold basement with his slippers, wishing he had friends to talk to. I walk upstairs expecting to see like Molly and the dogs and then call Tyler up who's visiting or call Jesse or whoever. And just like I, as I walk up the stairs, like just cobwebs I didn't think were there start forming and I realize it's all been in my <laughs> head and I've been alone for a decade. Yeah. Poor sad Wade in his wrinkly sweatpants and his wrinkly shirt comes upstairs, takes his slippers off and is like, who needs slippers? when I've got friends like these. <laughs> and then puts his slippers back on and shuffles back to his dungeon of sadness. Yeah. 
God, thinks Twitch is real. Thinks YouTube is a thing. Thinks we're even here. Man. You fool. You fool. My computer is just some old, like, big fat television screens from like the 90s with like some paper on it where I just like drew a little smiley face like there's my friends right there we're in a discord call right now god man if the illusion was so real that you would never know even us joking about it right now is just to reinforce the idea that it's all real <laughs> it can't be fake well, this is a happy way to start this episode. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah let's record a podcast. All right. Hell yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see you all in Cincinnati very soon. Peen house. All right. So today's topic that we're going to be talking about, Bob and Wade, is titled so simply, How Fucking Dare You? And in this, we are going to be reliving situations where someone has wronged us. Maybe we've wronged someone. I will accept that as well, because you can also be the one that fucking dares. Uh, but I will accept stories with which you guys have been wronged and your rage for this has never left your bodies. So like uh, revenge, comeuppance, that kind of thing? Yeah, anything like that. If you wrong somebody that wronged you, are you really wronging them? I thought, is it two wrongs? Two wrongs make a right, right? Uh, we are not qualified to answer that question in this episode. We will answer it in the future. I believe two wrongs make a wrong on on. <laughs> I... <laughs> Saying that in a deadpan <laughs> voice is beautiful to hear. Uh, wrong wrong wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to deduct points, but I'm not giving points for that either. That's completely fair. I understand, sir. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile, and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speeds slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I have to say, I'm just personally, my own taste, I'm not much to go in on uh, revenge, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm likable, right? I'm a nice guy. I don't really have a lot of situations that require revenge. Mm -hmm. I would rather tell a personal story, but I don't think I have. Nary a one. I don't think I do. I can tell a very petty version of revenge to give you guys time to think about your own stories. Please. <laughs> I used to work at like an engineering co-op, right? So... Like, just this medical company that engineered medical devices. We worked on contrast injectors and stuff like that. It wasn't really anything to do with the job because the job was boring. But there was one perk. There was uh, a break room. And in the break room, there was unlimited hot chocolate. And I loved that because it was just all mine. And I could go in there and get hot chocolate and mix it with my coffee every day. And I would do that. And then, uh, then one day, my coworker unbeknownst to me, grabbed all of the hot chocolate and brought it to their desk. What? I couldn't understand it. Like, I didn't, I didn't fathom it. Like, they 
were apparently just like, oh yeah, it's up for grabs, so I'm just gonna grab it all in my desk so I can have it ready. But the problem was, there was only like a monthly supply. It was a box that you had to have. So it was like, when you take the hot chocolate from the break room, like I had to track down and it was like, oh, you have hot chocolate? It's like, oh yeah, I got it in my box. I'm like, why, why do you have it? It's like, oh, so no one else grabbed it. It was like, well, can I have some? And I was like, yeah, you can ask me for some. And I'm like, it's, but it's not. And so, but me at the time, you know, I wasn't very like confident enough to just be like asking every time. And I felt like this was just such a betrayal of the order of the office. Like it's just something you don't do, right? So what I ended up doing was uh, I broke into their desk where the thing was because I got into work at 4.30 in the morning because I was just a freak at this time. And I like to get to work super, super early. And I broke into their desk and I cut open every packet and... <clears throat> didn't use it because I didn't want to steal it and I didn't want to do anything and all I wanted to do was just ruin their plan and so I came in and I just cut open every back of hot chocolate so that they could technically use it and See, it's not very good revenge. But... No, I like that. That's really funny, though. <laughs> See, it's, it's like it, it was more Because you know be... they know someone did that. Yeah, it was more just to be very confusing because I didn't want to steal it because I knew it would be obvious it was in my desk. So I was like, how can I sabotage it? I was like, oh, I don't want to put anything in or else they're going to get sick. So I was just like, I'm just going to open every packet. And that was my only thought process at the time. And they were very confused. And they still used the hot chocolate. That's what that's what threw me because it didn't stop them from actually using it. I was like, oh, man. Oh, well, that's too bad. Yeah. So my revenge... Revenge isn't very good. On whom have you sought revenge, Wade? I've been brainstorming on this, and I don't think I've ever actually been on either end of revenge that I know of. I mean, I've been petty before, I'm sure, but like that's always just like in the heat of the moment stuff. It's never been like a drawn out plot or a plan. Like, I know there was a kid in school who um always asked to go to the bathroom, and uh mm. I remember, God, I want to say it was like 10th grade. The teacher said like, no. And uh, so he just pissed himself right then and there. <laughs> God damn. And then every time he needed to go from then on out, because like the teacher had to clean it up ultimately, I think. So what? Hell no. Uh, maybe they called a janitor and I can't remember. But like every time they asked to go from then on, they got to go. Like that was like a real minor case of it. But like I've never personally been involved in a revenge thing because it's just like, I don't know. I've always just used words to patch things up whenever things are bad. Or if it's a person where I think it's not reconcilable, I just like cut them out of my life or move on. I really scratching my brain here for any personal experiences with revenge and I just can't think of any. You've never sought out revenge on anyone? No. I don't know mm. if I've ever been wronged to a degree where I felt like I even wanted to. Like I've got some people I've encountered in life where, ooh, I'm like, yeah, don't want anything to do with you. But the thought of getting revenge just feels like it would lead to a circle of, okay, I did something to them. Now they're going to do something to me. Or now I've got, like, at the very least, I had to interact with them again. And it's like, I had no desire to even do that. Mm. So you're not the revenge type. No, I'm either patch it up or avoid. <laughs> hmm. Bob, do you have any revenge things? I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm still trying to think of a situation where I would have even wanted revenge. Hmm. I do have one. I can't clearly say that I executed a plan of revenge. Mm -hmm. But so I, in high school, my dream when I was a kid was to be a football player and play college football. I got my sophomore year, I got injured, and I basically either had to have surgery on my shoulder or just sort of let football go and do like rehab and and move on. And I didn't really like anyone on the football team. They were all pretty much assholes to me. And like the coaching staff was fine, but they weren't, I don't know. Football was not, I never felt like I belonged there. So I just sort of moved on to band. And I was actually like a decently talented musician. 
like especially by high school standards i would never have made it as a professional musician i learned that later on but in high school i was one of those kids who was just kind of pretty good and uh not a moron so like i was kind of responsible and i played tuba and like i did a pretty good job i did marching man i enjoyed it i learned my my spots i learned the show i wasn't aimlessly wandering around i knew all my music it's kind of this thing in in marching man some kids do it just for fun and they screw around and they don't really learn the music or they don't really play while they're marching. you know it's the whole thing kids are kids not a big deal, but it's, I was one of the good ones. I really tried. I really enjoyed marching band and I played sousaphone, tuba, which is an important part of marching band. You need low brass or your marching band doesn't sound full. It sounds like trumpets and it kind of annoying. So like I was, I did good. I tried hard and my senior year, even though I only did marching band for two years, my senior year, I was the strongest musician in the tuba section. And there were, uh, there was one other senior, but he was kind of, you know, he liked to screw around and he was that fun guy, but I was like the responsible one. So I was put in charge of the tuba section. I was head of the section and the other guy, I think he was a little put off by that because like he had done it all four years, but also that meant he didn't have to be in charge of anything. And like, we were cool. We were still friends and I tried really hard and uh, I did like a great, I don't know if I'd say great, that's maybe a little self-aggrandizing, but I did a solid job. The tuba section is notoriously a bunch of people who just like to fuck around mm. and like not really focus, not really try. They're just there to have fun. I tried hard to keep them focused. I feel like we had a decently put together section compared to the rest of the band. I think I did an adequate job at least. One day in a after school practice with the marching band, things were going kind of rough. There was something we were working on, we were rehearsing that was not going very well. The head band director of this band that was like a couple hundred kids and we had like five directors and assistant directors and stuff. Big thing going on here. He stops everybody, a couple hundred people. gets everyone to shut up. He's real mad. And he gets on the loudspeaker just to be like, hey, Bob, the tuba section keeps messing up and you have got to be the worst section in the band. Oof. That's on you. Get your section together. What are you doing? Do I need to replace you as head? of the section what are you doing he makes this whole fucking statement Oof. in front of the whole band and like all my friends were marching band right so i'm friends with other people in other sections everyone kind of knows like i have a rowdy section tuba players are notorious for fucking around and having a good time not really trying that hard and a doctor well, he's not a doctor actually that was our previous director who retired dr keller's replacement Mr. Douchebag gets on the thing and does this. This was in 2006 this happened. This has stuck with me since then vividly in my mind. Mm. And I just remember the boiling rage that I felt and the betrayal that I felt of like, as a head of a section, you know, the directors talked to us to give us, you know, sort of direction and comments for what we should do. And they help us to do our job because we're just high school kids too. I wasn't that special. I was just a high school kid in charge of other high school kids. So I talked to them and I worked with them. They knew I was doing stuff and that I worked hard. And he just did that. And it made me just want to like, I mean, what can you do as a kid, right? Like, how do you get revenge on a teacher? I'm not going to like put tax in his chair or something stupid. I guess my form of revenge was from that point on, I was even more of a no fun hard ass to my section. Mm -hmm. And I tried even harder and I got into music school and I got into a good music school. So take that band director. <laughs> But like, I, I don't know, that made me want revenge. Mm. That's maybe the one shining, like I'm kind of worked up right now just talking about it. That's maybe the one shining thing in my mind of like, I will never 
forget that. Yeah. That he had the fucking nerve uh-huh. to do that because I'm not going to throw any of my friends under the bus, but we were not the worst section. I made sure everyone was playing their instrument. I made sure everyone knew their shit, at least to a certain extent. If people made mistakes, I would go and I would correct. I fucking tried my ass off mm-hmm. and we weren't the best section, but there's absolutely no way that we were the worst section in the band. Right. Right. I will never forget that. How dare you would have been such a good response. Yeah. How fucking dare you? What if you weren't wrong? You just interpreted it that way. Cause Bob's bit there just reminded me of ninth grade world studies. Uh-huh. I had a teacher who was also like a football coach who kind of had like that tough guy mantra about him, but it was, he was nice enough. Mm-hmm. But the very first day of class, I was wrongly talking to a friend of mine I was in class with. The teacher comes over and he slams both of his hands like as hard as he can on my desk and goes, all right, starting off this way. What's your name? I was like, Wade. He's like, all right, Wade, we're moving over here. And he moves me like to the other side of the room. Like this was our first interaction, basically. He just moves me immediately like to the other side of the room. <laughs> and I kind of did say I was going to get revenge on him. So I kind of trolled him. This is the only time. I was like a model student every other moment of my life. But uh-huh. this teacher moved me and embarrassed me on the first day of school. And I was like, I'm going to make his class a living hell. <laughs> so I like made up an entire code of like symbols and numbers for like an alphabet. And I wrote like stupid notes. And I would just like post them on his wall. I encouraged other people <clears throat> to troll him. At one point, not this was not me, but at one point someone signed him up for an online dating service. Someone got his picture and made him into Santa and a whole bunch of elves. And they posted pictures of him along our, like our ninth grade hallway mm-hmm. and his like classroom. But I remember specifically there was a day where he was trying to teach and I was sassing him or I said something sarcastic about whatever. And he's like, Wade, you think you can do better? How about you come in and teach the class tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And the next day I literally came in with a lesson plan and I taught the class the lesson (laughs) just to show him like he was not going to like make me look like an idiot again. I was like, no, I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to do it better than you do it. So I actually came in and I taught a lesson plan about something I didn't even know. That's nice. That's good, man. So even though I was originally in the wrong, that reaction he gave me made me feel like he'd wronged me. So like the whole rest of the year, he was the only teacher my entire like high school, elementary school, college, whatever that I ever like declared a war on. God, yeah. I live off of fuck you energy. I feel like maybe I should have made this episode that from the get-go, but I think how fucking dare you is great. And, And high school is probably like everyone's everyone's high school experience is just loaded to the tits with experiences where you've been wronged. And I remember one scenario, not to jump in here with my own stuff, but I'm the judge and I'm going to do it anyway. I remember this one scenario, I think I've told you guys, where I was on the throwing team in track and field, which means that I threw shot put and threw discus. We didn't have javelin because I don't think they trusted us in Milford with that kind of weaponry. I don't think so. So I didn't have the kind of like bulk mass to do great in shot put, but discus was more technique based. And so I've never really been a super motivated sports guy. Like I, I've been fairly athletic, but it's not like been a driving force of mine. But in terms of discus, I was pretty decent at it because it was something very technical. It was skill-based. You got to get good at the technique. And if you get good at the technique, you could throw it really far. And I remember I was throwing like 124 feet. I remember that specifically. And I remember that because I was throwing farther than pretty much everyone else on the team. And so in the grand rankings of sports, there's like regionals, there's like in terms of the state competition, it goes like regionals, something else, state and then national competition. I had no misunderstanding that I was gonna make it to state or anything like that. There were many people that were much stronger, throwing 180 feet, 
all this jazz. But I was throwing 124, and to me, I was very proud, and it was my junior year. And I remember my coach came up to me and said that I was not going to regionals, even though I was throwing the farthest, and his reasoning was that there was someone who was in a younger year than mine, like I forget if they were freshman or sophomore, that was throwing almost as far as me, but doing it with less spins. Like in, in discus, you can do a full spin, which is I believe is like two rotations. And you, you see them throw a discus and you just go and they throw it. Well, this guy, he was just doing a half spin, which meant he just spun half of that and threw. I was doing a full spin and I was throwing farther than him. And I looked at the coach and I was like, in what world does that make sense? I'm literally throwing farther than him. I can do the full spin. And his justification was, well, he needs the inspiration because clearly he's going to pass you next year. And I was so Ooh. mad. Oh my God. Oh my God. I got madder than I've ever gotten in my life. I was so furiously angry Ooh. and I, I've never been an overachiever but i just i stared daggers at him i didn't say anything i walked away and then every day after school like after practice i would go to the discus ring and i would throw and i got my throw up to like 130 something feet i don't remember specifically but i increased my throw and i was like I just, oof, I just, I don't know if he did it on purpose to make me mad. I talked about this story like on uh, a channel that will not be mentioned, but it, like I talked about it, but it's just like that just is the moment that made me realize how much I need that like, fuck you, I'm gonna do it anyway kind of energy. Like I need that, like, and, and it's no better source of motivation. It's probably not healthy, definitely not healthy, but man, oh, when I feel wronged, ooh. I just can't help but try to prove him wrong. I love that. I love moments too where you don't go out of your way to do anything, but you get to see someone get like their comeuppance or karma and you're just like sitting on the sidelines sipping your drink. I don't want to go into too many specific examples of it, but there was uh, definitely one within the last year or two where uh, I was just sitting back and uh, happened to see someone that I thought had wronged me pretty good. And it seemed like life had finally caught up to them a little bit. And I had done nothing to, you know, get revenge or go after them or anything. But I remember kicking back and putting my feet up. And I I went and I was like, I think I ordered myself like some kind of treat or dessert. And I was just like, today's a good day. Because come up and when someone is just a dick to you for no reason or it feels like no reason or unnecessarily rude. It's just nice when they're served a slice of humble pie. And I don't know what it is about us, like people, where it's like we thrive off of that but there's something built into us where it's like hmm guess you had that coming and like karma when it works out well is such a beautiful thing uh, yeah i feel like you can be the best person in the world and like have all the best intentions but when you see someone that you think deserves it getting what they deserve ooh, <laughs> Mwah. Mwah. there's a spicy feeling Mwah. it's very tasty i don't know is that feeling tainted at all for you guys because i'm not going to claim that i don't feel that mm -hmm. and like that's that especially comes up for me in public situations when there's someone who's done something publicly that's just like really shitty or did something terrible and got no consequences for it and then things catch up or something else happens like i always have that moment of like oh, wow damn <laughs> like exactly what you're describing but it's followed for me really quickly by like a sad twinge of like oh well i don't want to celebrate someone's misery even if it's someone who's demonstrably like kind of a shitty person mm -hmm. or unquestionably a terrible person uh -huh. there's always a part of me where like i'll have that first reaction of like ha, stupid 
douchebag. Yeah. And even like seconds later, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm sad now. It depends for me. It depends on what the comeuppance is. If they're like physically getting hurt or something like that, then yeah, sure. Like then then I oh, yeah. don't really root for something like that. But if, if it's literally just like uh, someone committing a bunch of crimes, for example, right? Let's just someone's been getting away with doing like illegal stuff for a long time and they finally get caught and go to jail. I won't feel guilty about celebrating something like that. So if it's like they're literally getting what's due to them, then mm -hmm. I don't feel any kind of guilt about it. But it depends on the severity of the consequence. If it's something like, oh man, I wouldn't even wish that on my worst enemy, then yeah, like there might be a moment of like, well, at least karma got him, but man, I feel like an asshole for being happy about it. So it really just depends on that. <laughs> it's gotta be like Scooby-Doo levels of punishment, you know? The crimes are never so severe, more than just like, I wanted it all to myself, this land or something like that, and then they get arrested and you never see them again. Like, if, it, if it's someone getting the absolute shit beat out of them, like, the crime had to have been proportional. Depends on something like that. So, yeah. another example of something, like this, there was not a huge comeuppance from this, but it was me standing up for myself what I thought to an extent. In college, my senior year, I took this class, like philosophy of sports. I love sports. Philosophy was my major. I was taking like two senior capstones and a bunch of other difficult classes. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take like one class. It's going to be kind of easy and interesting and just something I'm going to enjoy. And the professor for this class was like brand new. I don't know how many times he had taught, but a lot of people took this class, philosophy of sports, thinking it was going to be kind of a breeze, easy snoozer class. And our professor knew that and was just inherently pissed off that people would take his class as the easy class. So we had a textbook and uh, we would go to class. He would talk about stuff in the textbook and he liked to do these timed quizzes that we could either take at home sometimes or sometimes we take them in class. I think they're mostly we take them at home and we were allowed to be open book, but they were timed. So we had, let's say, five or 10 minutes to take this quiz over two or three chapters of this book. And some of like the different things would be like very obvious or interesting topics, but his quizzes were always like the most obscure questions that sometimes had ambiguous answers, or sometimes it was just such a specific thing, like what year did the shoe factory make the sneaker that blah, 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 blah. And it's like, we'd have to literally flip through the book to find these answers. Oh my God. Everybody was really struggling in his class. I was an A student and I think I was like around a D plus or C minus halfway through this quarter i think i don't know if we we're on quarters semesters at our, our last year but i was like i was on the brink of failing this class philosophy of sports and i was livid because that was my gpa like my nearly perfect gpa was about to be ruined by this professor uh -huh. so i called a meeting with him because the entire semester my blood was boiling and we'd have we'd go over these quizzes every day or whenever we'd take them, we'd go over them together because everyone complained about them so much. And we'd go over each question and half the time he'd give some points back because he realized his questions either had multiple answers or were just written poorly and didn't make sense, whatever, because he had redone his entire class to make it more miserable for everybody. But I called a meeting with him, a one-on-one -on -one meeting. And I remember telling him like point blank, I was like, this is not how teachers teach. I don't know what you're doing, but it's not teaching. This is miserable. I'm not learning a thing in your class other than I hate you. And I was like, <laughs> I literally like I word for word, I told him this. I was like, all I can think about every day going to your class is how you're going to ruin my GPA because you're miserable that your subject is easy and boring. So you're making it difficult intentionally. I was like, I'm about to go over your head and report you for whatever the fuck kind of petty shit you're pulling because you are going to literally ruin my GPA because you want us to struggle in your class rather than take philosophy of sports super seriously. And I, I had like an hour long meeting where I basically just was very blunt which was not my style back then at all mm. because just it boiled to the point where i felt like someone was finally telling to him like it is 
ended up getting an A in the class <laughs> and things loosened up a little bit toward the end. But uh, I could not believe that he was so upset that people were taking his class because it was easy that he was giving us these quizzes based on the most obscure information. I can't tell you a single thing I learned in that class. Whereas almost all my other philosophy classes, I remember like taking something from it. The only thing I learned from his class is that some teachers apparently don't want you to take their class because it might be easy. They want to make you suffer for some reason. I don't know why. I don't understand why. Oh, but it man. felt really good to tell him like it was. It felt really good. Yeah, man. I get that not everyone has a passion for teaching or especially their subject because I don't know how you work yourself into the position where you're teaching a class that you apparently hate to teach. But at the same time, I was like, man, you teach to teach people who are supposed to learn things that's the point that is the only point point. and so long as they're learning enough stuff to pass and maybe a class is easy because i don't know maybe maybe it's easy i mean the philosophy of sports sounds easy yeah you you win <laughs> it should philosophy is interesting right because it's just like examining things closer so you like you take a subject like i was a morals and ethics focus you take a subject you're interested in and you look at it from a philosophical perspective of like for morals and ethics for example like one of our subjects i took a class that was almost exclusively about the topic of abortion which is a really hot topic right but we examined it in so many different ways from so many different perspectives that we like really sort of understood it and it was fascinating philosophy of sports could have been that kind of interesting examination of things but instead it was like what year was the shoes made that they used in the basketball <laughs> All game it's like who the fuck care what does that have to do with learning anything i'm not gonna remember no one's gonna remember that no one cares about that yeah. and i just remember ripping into this guy i was like you could have made this so fun and interesting we could have loved this class instead my senior year i have never had a class i have hated as much as this and it's two subjects i otherwise love I'm getting passionate about it. I get heated. It's still, I guess it still heats me up to this day, thinking back to sitting in that stupid class every day. Just like if looks could kill, man, the way I would stare down, like, I can't believe you have the fucking gall to even show your face after the quiz you gave us. Damn. <laughs> Damn. It was that awful. Mm -hmm. I could, I could not believe it. Philosophy of sport, my senior year was going to be my downfall. I could not believe it. Wow. But it all worked out in the end and you got to rip into someone for an hour. So I think that, that the that's... first person I ever like did that too. Like other than like, you know, you have fights with friends and family and stuff, but like on a professional level, I had I never, especially like a teacher, like someone that you know, has an authority over you, like never, I don't think I've ever done that to a boss or anything either. Yeah. I mean, it was literally only him. And like, I was legit about to go over his head, but my like part of me was like, I should talk to him first before I pull that. Uh -huh. I should talk to him first. And I did, and I'm glad I did, but I was so tempted just to go over his head and be like, get rid of this, please fire him, take his teach, just something. I don't care, whatever you have to do. Yeah. He's awful. If you're listening, hope you're better now, cause you <laughs> sucked. <laughs> retroactively give you an F. I remember you, <laughs> Mr. Barnes. Oh, you think you've escaped me. <laughs> I'm gonna check my resume and I'm like, no! <laughs> He's kept your file open this whole time. <laughs> F. That student had the goal to talk to me like that. My revenge is still in the works. <laughs> what if we had people plotting revenge against us right now? Oh, I'm sure. There's gotta be some people that are plotting our demises. Have any of you ever wronged somebody to like, you can remember and you think like maybe they're waiting for us to get our comeuppance? I've never wronged anybody. Bob? What about perceived slights or wrongs, huh? Oh no, I'm an angel. Yeah, no, no one, no one would perceive anything I've ever done as a slight. Yeah. I'm always nice. I've wronged every female on the planet probably because I got married and they're all very jealous of Molly. <laughs> I imagine they're all just so upset that I'm off the market. I get I'm it. laughing 
heartily on the inside. Very good. That wasn't very good. I wasn't. Sir. I was. I wasn't supposed to. Yeah, well, it wasn't a joke. <clears throat> yeah, no. Serious, oh, yeah. then I'm not laughing appropriately on the outside. Very good, <laughs> sir. All right, well, I'll just pop that self-esteem bubble. All right, Bob, what about you for more opportunities that you have been wronged or you've wronged others? I mean, this is kind of low-hanging fruit, but I worked in a lot of food service jobs. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, Fuck anyone who's ever bought a sandwich from me at the Jimmy John's that I worked at. <laughs> wow. Blanket sweep shotgun blast? Just, just gonna go yeah, like that? Well, I mean, it's hard to distinguish because there's just so many. Yeah. But I have a couple general uh, types of people that give me uh, big old fuck you energy. Mm-hmm. This is not my joke. I can't even tell you. Lots of comedians have made this. So it's, I'm stealing this. But like, who, who goes into public bathroom anywhere but at a restaurant especially where you're presumably about to consume food and does whatever people do to get shit and pee everywhere (laughs) who does that i don't know like what does your home bathroom look like we've all seen those bathrooms but i don't know what do you do when you visit your parents or your friends or what am i misunderstanding are there some people who just really go nuts in the bathroom and it's like an experience for them and it's, it's not their fault because I worked at the Jimmy John's right across the street from the college campus at the University of Cincinnati and we were open until like 3 a.m. and I always worked close on weekends when well, we were up until 2, I don't know. I always worked until like 3 or 4 in the morning, Friday, Saturday nights because I was one of the few people that worked at our store because it's a college store who wasn't like such an unreliable stoner that they would just not show up half the time or otherwise, you know, would show up like drunk or something if they worked on a Friday night because it's college kids and they're, they can't be trusted. Yeah. I would show up to work and do a reasonably good job. I wasn't always the happiest because it was kind of a shitty place to work, but I did my goddamn job. But like, so who, how, how does that happen? Do you think like, Oh. I'm not ignoring the motivations, assuming someone's just absolutely drunk out of their mind. How do you do that without getting it all over yourself? Which is the more terrifying part to me. It's a skill. It's an adult skill to learn how to use a bathroom and, you know, keep everything clean. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure that everything when you're done in the bathroom is nice and tidy. Kids aren't good at that. But, well, what if that's the thing? What if they've never been taught? What if every time that person walks into the bathroom, they're just sweating bullets because they're going like, all right, trying attempt number 328, and they just shotgun blast poop all over the walls, and they're like, okay, that didn't Don't work. Don't eat at Jimmy John's, you dumb piece of shit. <laughs> that's my answer to that. No, like, like I get that some people are just so drunk or whatever, the high or something, they're just like, this is going to be so fun. fucking get them or whatever but i just i never saw a person walk out of the bathroom smeared in their own shit (laughs) so they clearly know how to keep themselves clean i don't know man that was just like that still baffles me how how does that happen why would that happen i can't imagine so that's one type the other type and this is this can be broadly applied to society but this gives me big fuck you energy every day of my life i go in public but especially at the restaurant who fucking raised you that you can't be bothered to crumple up the piece of paper that your sandwich came in and lift that heavy empty paper cup that your drink came in and drop them in the trash can that's next to the door you walk out of when you leave 
what the hell kind of animals are we raising in this country? <laughs> People are so shitty about trash about putting their cart back at the grocery store. What the fuck is wrong with you people? How there was so much trash. Like it's like no one put their trash away at the at the store that I worked at. Every hour it's like, okay, someone do trash. There's no available tables because the tables are hidden under the mountain of trash. Every time that happened inside, I had customer come up and I'm like, okay, yeah, number five and add extra mayo. Okay. And add peppers. Cool. But inside I'm like, this paper's going to end up on the floor, isn't it? I'm about to clean this up in an hour and a half. Aren't I? I fucking know who you are. Like it's boiling inside what's wrong with people there's been a there's been some people i forget who said it first probably many people but have said that the ultimate test of whether or not you're worthy to be in a civilized society is whether you put your cart back after you shop it's like the ultimate convenience it's at most it's one lane down and it's return this cart and then everything at the grocery store can flow smoothly the people yeah. that go get the cart and bring it back you don't have to bring it back to the store you just gotta put it in the cart return so no one car gets hit and if you can't do that then you don't deserve to live in society i don't know man i'm not gonna say that i've never dropped a piece of litter in my life because i'm sure i have accidentally like i open my car door and something falls out or blows out or like i throw something at the trash and a little piece of paper blows away or something like i've done it but i have never once even as a dumb idiot child have i ever created a mess like that, like at a restaurant or somewhere in public, made a bunch of trash, and then thought to myself, I'll just leave this right here. I gotta go. <laughs> not once. And I've never, ever not put my goddamn grocery cart back in the thing. Yeah. It's not even hard. Where do you even put it if you don't put it back? It's gonna hit someone's car. You literally don't give enough of a shit that you're like, I'll just leave this cart in a parking lot where it can roll around or occupying an entire parking space that a family of four could use to park and go to the store. Fuck all of you. I gotta go. <laughs> like, oh, I just can't imagine working. And I'm sure anyone who's worked retail, food service, anything where you interact with customers in any way, I'm sure you're all out there like, yeah. Yeah, I work at an ice cream shop. They take the free water cups and then they leave them on the water fountain, like whatever, every every situation. How many dumb assholes yeah. are there in our world and why aren't they being punished? I feel bad at movie theaters whenever like a popcorn kernel drops, but you watch people that just like pig out there and lose half their shit all over the floor and just don't even care. Step on it, crunch it. And then like leave it laying on its side on the floor. Yeah. I'm mad that I have to walk over that shit on the way out of a movie theater. Yeah. It's gross. Humanity doesn't deserve to exist. I've changed my perspective <laughs> just from reminding myself about these facts about our society. We don't deserve it. This is what retail does to us. We need to be taking down some pegs because if this is how we treat each other and how we treat the environment in which we live, we don't deserve it. It's too nice for us. Dogs should become our overlords, and we should have to be leashed and collared with our rabies tags attached to our necks at all times, because we are fucking terrible. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. All right. I remember um, we had a guy come in. I used to work at an ice cream place in Cincinnati called United Dairy Farmers, and I remember one day we had a guy come in. He grabbed a straw from like our where our ice cream sits, and he went into the bathroom, and he was in the bathroom for what felt like 20 or 30 minutes. Oh, no. And we're all like... What in the hell is he doing? Like, who? What? That's not good. Dude blocks out, doesn't buy anything, just leaves. I think we were busy at the time, so we didn't even actually realize that, like, 
he didn't buy anything till later. But uh, go to check the bathroom because we have to clean them every day. And there's blood on the toilet seat. There's blood on the mirror. There's oh. blood on the sink. Oh. There's blood on the floor. Oh. Uh. And I didn't know if I was supposed to call because it's like, blood's like a biohazard. So I'm looking at all this blood and I'm like, do I mop it? <laughs> like, what do I do <laughs> with this? <laughs> like, sure. I've had the occasional person shit on the seat, shit on the floor, piss everywhere, whatever. Like, I've dealt uh. with that. I've dealt with the dirty sink. Yeah. I had never in my life walked in and felt like I was watching the fucking movie Carrie where there's just blood splattered all over the goddamn room. And this guy walked out perfectly fine. I don't know what he bled from. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if he actually walked out and, you know, you didn't notice him and he just exploded in the middle of the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some other guy walked out. No, he just bled everywhere. <laughs> and I just, I didn't know what to do. So I just cleaned it up. I put on some gloves. And I just scrubbed the fuck out of that bathroom like two or three times, feeling disgusted that I had no idea why there was blood on so many different levels of so many different surfaces that it didn't even make sense where he could possibly be bleeding from unless it was like his <laughs> nose or something. But even then, you know, the infomercials where it's like the guy's carrying a bunch of Tupperware or like all the car washing stuff. And he goes, whoa, whoa, like this guy got a paper cut on his palm and he just whoa, 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 and slams into the mirror and slams. <laughs> Slams onto the floor and slams into the ceiling. <laughs> like, I can't stop. It was on the back of the toilet seat, the sink. It wasn't on the knobs or anything. It was like on the side of the, it was just, it was so weird. It looks like he intentionally was just like, I'm bleeding. Better put it everywhere. I mean, I have no idea. Only saw that guy the one time. I don't know if he just went home and died or what the fuck happened to him. But like he bled all over our bathroom and all he did was grab a straw and go to the bathroom. That's some next level stuff. He must have taught all the poop people from Jimmy John's because... <laughs> There's, there's a training course you can take to how to be the biggest asshole at a restaurant or a fucking... Wait, that would make more place. sense to me than people just behaving like that and thinking to themselves like, yeah, that's okay. Oh, man. I'm struggling to see what the straw was for. He just grabbed a straw and went in. I thought drugs. I thought like snorting cocaine or something. I don't know, but I, I have no idea. It's a milkshake straw. Maybe he snorted something and then it just didn't go in right and it just came back out and there was some blood and it just went everywhere. Maybe it was like a, a nose volcano. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how drugs work. I've never done anything other than like drink alcohol. So I don't know, <laughs> but you see like in the movies, you know, they'll grab like a little straw or something. They'll like, it's a tiny straw and they'll like snort like a line or something. Yeah, yeah. But this is a milkshake straw. Oh yeah. Dude needed to do a lot of drugs or something. I don't know. That's weird, man. No, that's that's what happens, man. You take some drugs, it starts gushing out of your eyes, and all you can do is like try to keep them closed, but they'll like swell up. Your eyelids will like fill, and then they gotta, you gotta blink eventually. And that's drugs, man. But it feels great afterwards, apparently. So I've heard. Oh yeah, no, it's so good. It's worth all the death stuff. <laughs> Dude, the blood high. Oh, you can't beat it, man. <laughs> it's just stellar. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good uh, kids don't do don't do that don't, don't do, don't do any of that don't chase the blood high the blood dragon's not oh, worth it don't God, chase the it. blood dragon <laughs> <laughs> gotta get this blood monkey off my back <laughs> what was this episode about i've completely lost where we are we're Nobody on blood knows. dragons and bathroom shits but if i hear about one of you listeners going to a grocery store and leaving your cart outside of the cart corrals there is no excuse. Doesn't matter if your wife's giving birth in the parking lot. You put that cart back 
or else the baby's gonna be cursed. No, the baby's gonna be cursed. Oh, if it's cursed, that's pretty bad. Sit in the toilet. Don't bleed all over our bathrooms. Yeah, bleed in the toilet. If you're gonna bleed all over the place, go to one of our competitor locations. Go hit a BP station and bleed all over their stuff. <laughs> go to a Maristop. We don't want their kind here. Go and go get yourself some Texaco oil and bleed all up in there. Oh, you got the blood dragon chase? You want the Sunoco down the street. Yeah, that's where you gotta go. They got the big straws. Hit up Shell for all of your <laughs> bleeding <straw>. needs. <laughs> uh, the Speedway freezy straws are the biggest straws in the market. <laughs> it's causing a huge bleeding problem at all the Speedway stores. Get a slushy, a straw, and a band-aid. Go fuck up our toilets, you sick fucks. You can get a Speedy Freeze for 69 cents. Hell yeah. Plus the nastiest blood high of your life. <laughs> The Speedway is not happy about this. Oh, man. oh good, good. <laughs> I don't think we know how drugs work. I, don't I just think want we to say do. that. This is exactly how it is. <laughs> you ever go to a very, very fancy club or something in the bathroom? They have a straw dispenser. They're gargantuan. They're the size of my thumb. They're amazing. There's a guy there holding a towel. He's got a tray of straws to help you snort for you. Dude, boba places are going to be in so much trouble. They're even pointy straws. <laughs> It's made for that. <laughs> Don't ever snort drugs through a curly straw. <laughs> jumbo curly straw. I can't look at a water park the same way. I just, I feel the itch. <sighs> God. You just see a kid walking around with like a cup with a curly straw and you're like, oh, the drug possibilities. <laughs> really aerate the drugs before it goes into my nostrils. Oh, man. I could bleed all over 10 bathrooms with a straw like that. Well, uh, to reel us back in uh, to the realm of reality, I think we have shown the true depth of mankind and all of our limitations and all of the expectations that have been heaped upon us. Whatever that means. It's called depravity. It's depravity is what I was depravity. Depravity, yes. The depravity of mankind knows no limits. In the future, we'll have technological advances that allow us to become even more depraved at even higher speeds than ever imagined. Oh, yeah. Okay, I imagine a TED Talk just, like, trying to enhance depravity. <laughs> Fucking internet of depravity. Anyway, thank you, uh, gentlemen, for reliving these traumatic experiences for me, for my entertainment. I'm so angry. I'm real mad now. I <laughs> Fuck that teacher. <laughs> Fuck bleeding guy. Have I have I ever told you about the, the Ram guy from Micro Center? No. No. Um, <laughs> the Ram the guy? The Ram guy. I, I just like... It's the Ram guy? No, I only... I only had, this makes it sound like I saw him multiple times, but at Micro Center, like I was working the cashier, and we have to say, do you want a replacement plan or, or whatever it is, the, the sure. exchange plan. It's the stupid plan. And they try to upsell you because they make money off of it. I'm required to say that as part of my job. And this guy buys RAM. And, you know, RAM comes with a lifetime warranty. I know this because this guy told me. Because when I said, hey, do you want, <laughs> do you want, <laughs> do you want a replacement plan? And it's like he was waiting for this. You know, it's the anime moment where he pushes up his glasses with his middle finger and he's like, <laughs> oh, he, he actually do. You. Oh, he, yeah. He, he was like, he's like, oh, actually. You think I need a replacement plan for RAM? 
ram and he held up the box and he turned it over to where it said lifetime warranty he was like this device that has a lifetime warranty <laughs> he actually laughed like in my face and and he looked around as if he was trying to get other people to laugh at me like there was no one no one else was in line it was like there was one guy at the cash register like across the the aisle and i was just like and he's just like ah, ah. <laughs> and then he stopped laughing and I stopped talking to him and then we finished the transaction in pure silence because I just <laughs> I just could not stop staring at him. I was just like I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that like I had to deal with this. Like on top of of all the like horrible returns that I've dealt with in that job, none of that was more infuriating than this one guy who thought it was so goddamn funny that I tried to sell him a goddamn plan that I know is a scam, but I have to do it because it's my job. <sighs> Dude, that situation, you could never do this because you'd get in so much. Well, you might not get in trouble, but it would potentially get you trouble. But all you have to do is just look him dead in the eye, do what you did and say nothing, but add the plan. <laughs> I just keep bringing him out. Hope he doesn't look. And he God. gets home. <laughs> oh, and then if he calls, if he complains, you can be like, yeah, well, I asked him and he was like, yeah, I want a lifetime warning on my Ram. And I was like, I got you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> His response was unclear. God. Play dumb games, win dumb warranties. <laughs> can you, um, asking for a friend, uh, return a plan for Ram that you may or may not have purchased? <sighs> no. <laughs> 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 Whatever the opposite of actually is, that's what you just did to them, Wade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyway, to wrap off this episode <laughs> of How Fucking Dare You, I am tallying the points. Bob, you got five points off the bat. Two, three, three. You have a total of 13 points. Wade, you have 15 Oh. That's a that's an oh, accurate yeah. tally. I was I was just adding points as time went on. So that makes Wade the winner. I guess I'm moving back to Cincinnati and Peen House is gonna be a thing. Yes! Peen House, Peen House, Peen House, Peen House, Peen House, Peen. Alright, so everybody at home, uh Wade is gonna be paying for me to move back to Cincinnati. And Bob. Bob was Bob part of this? Yeah, Peen oh, House yeah. can't happen without Bob. It's okay, gotta be so all three of us, right? Wade is going to be buying a house for us to all move into. Going to be paying for our flights. You can expect this within the next few months. Can't wait to see you, buddy. Congratulations on the big win. Anything you'd like to say? You guys are going to get your comeuppance for this. Just you wait. <laughs> oh, all right. Our comeuppance to Cincinnati so we can uh, live with you. Yeah, I'm buying the flights and house right now. All right, cool, cool man. Cool, yeah. Make sure it's first class. Yeah, make it should, big house, too. Nice house. Big and nice. All right. Big nice house. Yeah. yeah. She won't be picking it out. I, I only pick out houses that leak a lot. We need separate yards for our dogs. I don't <laughs> one want one house with three <laughs> yards. Got it. Divided into quadrants. It could be one big yard. It just needs lots of fences. Yeah. From from bird's eye view, it looks like a radioactive symbol just with the three quadrants. Like, I don't want any. And I shit there. all over the walls, so you're going to want to get me my own bathroom. I'm just warning What's you. What's the straw time. situation in this house? Make sure you lay a dispenser in every room. Well, we still use plastic straws, even though they're not as good as the paper straws, because we want to make sure they're reusable for all your drug blood needs. Right. Can we get drains in the floors? Can we just, can we just put those into every room? We'll just make a murder house. Yeah, we'll get. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening at home. Hope you learned something about this. Hope you got infuriated by someone that has wronged you in the past and you are plotting your revenge to take on them as we speak. Uh, we live to bring people up so that we can bring others down. That's our motto here at Distractable. Thank you for listening, and thank you for joining us, Bob and Wade. You can find them at their various social medias or right here on Distractable, which is the most important place. And subscribe, follow, like, whatever, this podcast, so that we can bring delightful new stories to you every week, Monday. Thank you for listening. Podcast out.